0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, a senator quits the Conservative caucus and criticizes Andrew Scheer.
1: He felt that uh, the way Andrew Scheer handled social conservative issues, particularly in the first of uh, French language debate, uh, just torpedoed the party's chances in Quebec.
0: Who will play the most important roles in Justin Trudeau's cabinet? The largest, probably, challenge for the prime minister is finding people um, in his cabinet who could represent Alberta, Saskatchewan, and... and to some extent, none of it, uh, where the, the Liberals don't have any representation. And what does the Prime Minister need to do to make the minority parliament work? Canadians
1: expect all parliamentarians and all parties to work together to serve Canadians, to build a better future for this country.
0: It's Tuesday, November 19th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Bill Curry, reporter for The Globe and Mail. Good morning, Bill. Hi, Mark. So we're a little over a day away from finding out who gets what job in the federal cabinet. And uh, it's about more than that as well. There are other responsibilities that have to be handed out too. And all of this is important in the context of a minority parliament. So what's your sense of where the prime minister is in his thinking and what some of the factors are in the decision making that Justin Trudeau and his team are in the final stages of now?
1: Right. So like you say, when, when you're about 24 hours out of the announcement, uh, at that point you start to get uh, some of the details might uh, trickle out. It's always a challenge for uh, reporters to get uh, the details pinned down on a cabinet shuffle. And we certainly saw um, uh, before with the Jody wilson labeled situation when we actually learned after the fact some of the details, sometimes these things can go off the rails right at the last minute Uh you know, at, at that point, that was supposed to be just a really tiny shuffle to replace Scott Bryson, and uh, it became uh, a real challenge once you start uh, moving some pieces uh, against your original plans. It kind of has a domino effect. So who knows what's going behind going on behind the scenes, whether that's uh, that kind of drama or not. Um, so far, in terms of the, the things that seem fairly certain is that uh, Bill Morneau, the finance minister, certainly sounds like he's going to stay in place and um, it does seem like it's going to be a bigger cabinet than we had before. I think some of the things that uh, we don't know for a fact yet but we're, we're watching for is what happened with Krista with, uh, Freeland whether she stays in as, as Foreign Affairs Minister. I think that it will be uh, pretty big news if she's moved. Um, we're not getting the assurances like, like that we are getting you know on the Bill Morneau side we know he's staying in but it's, it's unclear uh, whether Christopher Freeland is going to be moved to something like intergovernmental affairs. And, and if so, that'll be a, a pretty big story. So uh, watching for that, uh, there's other questions about whether they create um, a regional development or sorry regional development ministers or regional ministers. Uh, those could be two different scenarios that they go with. Uh, one could be you can just name somebody from Quebec who was in cabinet already or Ontario as the senior minister and they could get their own office outside of ottawa and be the main conduit with the provincial government um another alternative they could go with is bring back the regional development agencies and having their each have their own minister right now it's all been under the innovation ministers had those jobs but you could hive out as either as a full minister or secretary of state a COA or western development um Fed mm. or these kinds of things. So those are kind of the things that we're hearing there. They've been discussing, uh, but we just don't know where they've landed yet. And we'll find out pretty soon.
0: Yeah, and of course these other roles are important too. Especially, for example, government house leader, which in a majority parliament is um, is not really. Uh, it's certainly not as uh, a role that requires as much diplomacy and tact and cooperation and collaboration as in a minority situation, right?
1: Yeah, that's going to be huge. The type of personality that they choose for that job, it's also going to tell a lot about the style of government that they're going to have. Uh, So I I covered the last three minority parliaments. The first one was the Liberals under Paul Martin, and then Harper's first two uh, mandates for minority. So um, for Paul Martin, he had Tony Valeri, who was kind of... um, uh, softer, friendlier personality, tried to get along with people and, and get Parliament moving that way. And I know talking to uh, Tim Murphy, who was Paul Martin's Chief of Staff, he said that Tony Valeri was in at the Prime Minister's office virtually on a daily basis. Uh, that job uh, suddenly becomes very important to the Prime Minister's office. They want to be in constant touch with the House leader. And um, that's, the, that's the main link between the governing party and the other parties. So they tend to have a formal meeting usually on Wednesdays where all the house leaders get together and that kind of sets out how things are going to play out in the house and um, it can be uh, pretty interesting because that house leader you're in a minority so you are out, outnumbered by the other house leaders. So how you manage those dynamics Harper took a different approach. He put people like uh, Jay Hill and Peter van Roen were there his house leaders. And, you know, those guys were not there to be everybody's friend. They were pretty strong personalities and Stephen Harper wasn't about cutting deals. It was about kind of listening to what the others had to say, but then this is the plan and they're going ahead with it. So um, the dynamics will be very interesting to see who they pick. Um, so there's some speculation maybe it would go to somebody who is um, stronger in French uh, than Boris Jagger, who's the current house leader. So because you've got the Bloc Quebecois in a balance of power situation. So somebody who's very comfortable in French, like um, uh, uh, Pablo Rodriguez, is, uh, his name's been floated around. There's also uh, Kevin Lamoureux is um, a Manitoba MP, one of the only four left for the Liberals. And Jim Carr uh, has health issues. So it's not clear if he's going to stay in cabinet or not. So maybe right. that opens a spot for Kevin Lamoureux who um, was the parliamentary secretary to the House leader and is pretty good at, people say, at all kind of the, uh, the back and forth and negotiating in Parliament. So those would be kind of the things to watch for on the House leader front.
0: Yeah. All right, let's turn to what's going on in the Senate. So first of all, interesting development yesterday when Jean-Guy Dagenet, a Conservative senator from Quebec, left the Conservative caucus and joined the new Canadian Senators group. Uh, and, uh, and said the reason he was leaving the Conservatives is because, basically because of Andrew Scheer. He was critical of Scheer and the fact that some of these issues around same-sex marriage and abortion, he felt, limited the potential for the Conservatives to win seats in Quebec in the recent election. Uh, so once again, this raises questions for Andrew Shear that he's going to have to answer this week, Right.
1: Uh, yeah, well, the yeah, the Senate's getting us no shortage of the stories uh, these days, so yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, so, Dagenet, I'm not sure that this is necessarily a bad thing for Sheer, because Dagenet came out right after the election. He was one of the first and most vocal, and one of the one of the conservatives actually put his name to the criticism and said, as you pointed out, he was he felt that uh, the way Andrew Shear handled social conservative issues, particularly in the first day TDR. French-language debate, uh, just torpedoed the party's chances in Quebec, that they had been uh, had high hopes prior to that performance, and because uh, he had trouble with those kind of questions, things uh, went south quickly for the party. So he stuck his neck out there, he made his case, and then the caucus met, and he obviously wasn't able to sway a majority of caucus to come to his views, because after that marathon caucus meeting, all the Conservatives came out and there were no other Jean-Guy He was kind of isolated as one of those people who was out there um, speaking, um, criticizing the leader in public. So in some ways, that's kind of the right thing to do. He made his case. He's lost that argument, at least in the short term. And so uh, in his own words, he kind of didn't feel it was appropriate to stay in the Cabinet during the caucus if uh, uh, that was his view. So uh, he's going to be... uh, leaving the Conservative caucus in the Senate and joining one of the other, one of the, the,
0: the, the several... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets complicated. <laughs> yeah, and it got even more complicated because uh, one of these new groups that formed it has now effectively disbanded because one member left that group and went to a different group, uh, and so now they don't have enough... In terms of numbers, to be an, an official group in the in the Senate, so um, uh, that's kind of an interesting twist. After these two new groups were formed in the last week, really.
1: Yeah, it's really strange. And you and I were talking about this last week um, about these new groups forming, and I was saying at the time it's a bit odd that they were making these big decisions before they've even met as a group. So all of these. Uh, new permutations of senators this is all based on largely emails and phone calls there we have not had all of the senators in Ottawa uh, while they're doing these decisions and you're starting to see some of the cracks in making these decisions that don't seem to be fully thought through here because the what we're talking about here so in the last couple weeks we had some formerly independent senators and a couple conservative senators forming the Canadian Senators group, which it's not entirely clear what their cohesiveness is going to be, but it seems generally they're, they're kind of small-c conservative senators. Then we had the Liberals, who had been um, on the verge of losing their status. You need nine senators to be a formal group in the Senate, and then with that comes some extra budget money. Senator Joe Day is their leader, and come January, he turned 75, so he's going to be retiring from the Senate, and they would have lost status then. They tried to get out ahead of that by renaming themselves the Progressive Senators Group. But then uh, we found out that one of them, Percy Down, who was John Chrétien's Chief of Staff has been in the Senate for quite some time, uh, after uh, thinking about it for a day, decided he didn't want to be a Progressive Senator, he wanted to be with the uh, Canadian Senators Group. So that drops them down to eight. So it's not so much that they formally disbanded as they just no longer met the criteria. So. My colleague Janice Dixon has been covering this uh, for us this week, and she was talking to Joe Day, and uh, he was saying he's still hopeful that they're going to get back up to nine or even more members over the next few days, that they're talking to some independent senators groups uh, and independent senators who are kind of thinking about becoming progressive senators. So I don't think we've heard the end of that, even though they are technically not meeting the the nine-senator requirement. Um, it sounds like it it still might come back to life again before the Senate actually meets.
0: All right. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Lots of people uh, taking on new roles. That seems to be the thing this week. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thanks, Mark. That's Bill Curry, parliamentary reporter for The Globe and Mail.
1: Canadians expect all parliamentarians and all parties to work together to serve Canadians, to build a better future for this country.
0: Now, here's what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun argues the ball is in Justin Trudeau's court to make the government work. The Sun writes, Trudeau is going to need to corral the support of opposition parties to pass legislation. He can do it by forging an ongoing relationship with one particular party, or he can cobble together support on a vote-by-vote basis. He shouldn't react to his newfound need to reach across the aisle... With increased animosity and partisanship, he should consider genuinely extending a hand to others and see where it leads him. In the Toronto Star, Chantal Ebert argues, Jason Kenney is contributing to pointless noise between Quebec and Alberta at a time when wisdom would dictate the opposite approach. Ebert writes, When it comes to the so-called knife-on-the-throat approach to making demands on the Federation under the threat of separation... This seems like a good time to point out that neither the Quebec Federalists seeking constitutional change nor their sovereigntist rivals achieve their respective goals. If the Quebec experience teaches anything, it is that the knife is more likely to get rusty than to draw constitutional blood. At Policy Options, Sean Speer argues premiers should rally behind struggling rural Canada. Speer writes, Canadian policymakers are starting to recognize the economic, political, and social risks associated with the growing urban-rural divide. The question is, what can policymakers do about it? At a moment when our political leaders ought to be searching for ways to promote national unity, an ambitious, innovative agenda to extend economic opportunity to rural and economically distressed communities is a worthwhile bet. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. As we get ready for the announcement of the new federal cabinet tomorrow, the Prime Minister continues to be in private meetings in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, November 19th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events, and get ready for extensive coverage tomorrow of the unveiling of the new federal cabinet. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.